Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. This episode is my monthly conversation with fellow MVP Norm Young on anything and everything related to collaboration, insights, and automation. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture. And my guest today is, of course, Norm Young, a Microsoft MVP and the Director of Collaborative Analytics at Tigraph, which is an AbPoint company. And welcome, Norm. Thank you, Christian. It's great to be back again. And this is for all those that are joining that are new to the Collab Talk podcast. This is our monthly look at insights and automation within Microsoft 365. So broad topic, a lot that's covered within it, but I think we've got a great topic. There's some activity happening. The world is changing rapidly. I've heard that. Yes, (laughs) as it always seems to be, but we're seeing these practical applications of artificial intelligence. And it's, it's coming to Microsoft products and it's coming to the different services and people are grabbing it and running with it and creating these things that uh, someone as old as myself and probably you as well, Christian, would never have uh, fathomed that uh, we would be at this point where technology and artificial intelligence is is more than just a reference to a, a science fiction movie. It's it's something yeah. <laughs> that's out there and it is, is something that we're all going to be interfacing with and maybe even using to build solutions for our different users. You know, I was interviewing a fellow MVP earlier this week, and he had a great point. We were talking about, um, like, over the last 10, 12 years uh, with the move towards the cloud. And I remember having these conversations. And actually, the last, uh, uh, the last, uh, no, was it the first Ignite? The Chicago, I think it was the first, when it was rebranded, Tech Ed as Ignite in Chicago a few years back. Um, I did a session that was a packed room. I, there were over a thousand people in the room where I was talking about like, essentially, I don't remember the title of it was essentially like, what's the future of the IT pro? And are these roles going away? There was so much fear about the cloud and jobs going away. And so here we are in 2023 and there are more IT jobs than ever before. And there's a lot going on. Like the cloud has created jobs. So one of the first and I, I, I saw it coming uh, miles away was the, the question is, well, well, is this kind of AI, this kind of automation just going to, are we going to lose our jobs? Is it just you know going away? Is it replacing? And so that's been a point of discussion with some of the examples with uh, chat GPT and Microsoft's investments there and announcements that they're going to integrate that into the search experience. So Norm, are jobs going away because of that? Oh, Interesting question. I I suppose that people at some level would like that, but I think what really will happen is the AI capabilities will start to move people higher up on the value chain. But when you start experimenting with some of these tools, and I've been toying around with uh, 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 the 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 capabilities of chat uh, at the Open AI site and uh, asking questions about 
what is a an integration between Power Platform and Microsoft 365? And it lists off this well-written, coherent set of examples between Power Automate and Outlook or Power Apps and SharePoint or even Power BI and Excel. It's it's amazing to see what it is capable of. And I would say at this point, it's more around, you know, the limitation is the questions I'm asking. So yeah. The, yeah. So, all right. You ask a question and it comes back with this well thought out response. I mean, it, it just sounds like I'm doing a, effectively a search on uh, a web browser like Google or Bing or whatever. But it, it's more than that. It, it's coming in this very coherent, well-written way. So I, I look at it and I'm like, well, what else could be next? Um, if you or anyone else has ever, uh, you know, created uh, dummy documents in like a SharePoint site for for testing or demos and stuff, you, you always go to that lorem ipsum generator right. and pop in all of that text. Well, I imagine people are going to start using this for very practical examples. So if I'm just using this for demo and testing, what's next? Maybe this is the type of thing that starts to power more intelligently power uh, a chatbot. You know, maybe this isn't so like business specific, but it can be done in a generic way where uh, people who users, home users need support for just using like Windows or or the internet or office tools. Maybe this is now your new uh, entry into support using a, uh, uh, a bespoke version of this uh, open AI chat mechanism to, to give the answers and not the normal experience of, you know, where you're, you're getting, uh, is your question about option A? Is it about option B? And going through that click-through experience to finally drill down to the point where you need to talk to a real person, this might bypass this. And this might make that type of bot interaction experience uh, more functional for users. It's, uh, I think what you've just described, Norm, is the next-gen Clippy experience. <laughs> did, did, you not, did you not think about that? See, with with his model, like he's like, hey, you know what? They could they could actually put that you know clippy image up there, pop up on there. It's like, is I see that you're creating a resume. I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I'm lucky. Uh, I skipped the. I was in the generation that didn't have to use Clippy, but I I am aware of it and I've seen the references. But uh, th this is this is interesting because this just doesn't searching the web and grabbing content back this is more intelligent yeah well I mean, it, it, that's so i i played around um not as much with the 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 chat gpt i need to go and check that out but um i went and played with the jasper a ai and specifically i did the free trial of the image creation i wanted to see how that worked and i went and generated a bunch of images that are original you know, that I could use for some blog posts and not have mm -hmm. to give credit anywhere else. I could, they would be, you know, me because of the, my, you know, license to me, you know, original art, original images for that. It did some great stuff. Like I had a, I was looking for an image to describe um, like an operational workflow, just something generic. I didn't want to use any project data. I didn't want anything visible on it. And it created this image that had these, I mean, there's no actual text in it, but it looks like you look at it. It's almost like looking at 
a detailed swim lane workflow from far away, mm-hmm. um, you know, like color coded and different things, you know what it is. But if you zoom in in the image, there's nothing, there's no actual data. There's no information there. So it's a representation of that. Like it's exactly what I wanted for this. I, and so the, it was able to go and take a very technical thing, um, a, a, you know, an image. And then as I, I wanted to create an art version of that, and it did exactly that. And wow. so I, I could see how um, that is, you know, should be built into to authoring sites. Like if 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 that was a WordPress module, where you know to wow. automatically, because if you don't know, you should always have at least one image within a body of text for a blog post. It, d- it performs better for SEO. People respond better to it. That kind of thing. Um, but then, of course, if if you're you know exhausting the uh, the unsplash, you know the free images there and other mm-hmm. things that are out there, you don't want to pay for content. Like I pay, I use a site called One Two Three RF, which has great pricing and millions of images. Um, so I'm paying for that usage of that uh, usage rights of those images. Here, you can avoid all of that and create original. Uh, artwork and images that you can use. If you want people in them, for example, it's AI generated human looking faces, looks like a snapped a photo in the boardroom, mm-hmm. but you're not gonna find that on Shutterstock. You're not gonna find those same people, those actors in other images on other people's content. Right, uh, and, and honestly, after a while, you start to see the same images showing up Right. And all of the different blogs. And it kind of takes away from the quality and the originality of the content. It breaks the facade. I want to be of my edutainment. <laughs> yes. And I was using a uh, uh, an unnamed preview product for Microsoft. And I was creating a like a visual, an image graph, an infographic for one of my daughters. And my, my daughter loves cats. And I'm like, okay, am I just going to upload a photo of my cat or... Can it generate an image for me? And it could. So I described the image just like you've done. And the tool is able to generate a number of images uh, using artificial intelligence to that lets me select. It's not just a single image, multiple images. And the more descriptive I am, the more uh, uh, refined the image will be. But it was for me, who I'm not on the cutting edge of AI technology. I can barely keep up with my day job activities. <laughs> But when I can see this in the real world application, talking about the same scenario that you were, it's it's pretty exciting to see. And it makes you wonder what smarter people will be doing with these types of technologies, not just in the tooling, but the 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 opportunity to kind of connect into the, the back end of some of these AI powered services. And you know, we come back to uh, uh you know, what can we do in, in Office 365? What can we do in Power Platform? And uh, the other day I was going through my LinkedIn feed and I saw this really interesting example where someone had created a uh, a Power Automate job uh, using no code whatsoever that was connecting into OpenAI, the API, the GPT-3, and they were able to uh, have a, an automated flow that would monitor for a keyword inside of a Microsoft Teams channel. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. And that in turn would go out and and talk to GPT-3 and it would go out to Twitter. 
to find all of those search terms or those keywords that were related to what was in that Teams channel, pull down the tweets, and then analyze them and generate an output of what that topic included. So I'm in a marketing team. People are talking about a, a particular product of, of my company. Uh, I can put this into this, this no-code workflow, and it can go out, summarize the tweet, tell me some of the, the most trending topics within it, focus on what the, the content is about, uh, who's influential around that, that tweet, and then give me some tieback information that I can make actionable. Now, this is in a in a, a social media context, but uh, man, this this really can help give quick, real-time insights into what's going on in that social media world without having to scour tweets, search hashtags, use things that, you know, analytic tools that might ingest all of those hard-coded topic tags. This is really smart and this is next level stuff. And I'm seeing this no code implementation being done by this user on LinkedIn. And I know this is not the only person. So a sky's yeah, the limit I, for I what's to going to happen. With this. Yeah, I need to go play with this. Uh, you follow his example you know, and, and see how it works with uh, with something you know similar along this. Like go put it in, like people should go and take a look at this. Um, I said, I'm looking for an indicator of like where this is. I don't know, maybe you can, you know, retweet it on your profile or something, Norm, yeah, so people can go and look at Norm's uh, uh, post history and find this uh, this article if you've not seen it. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's a. I mean, this is this is fantastic. So, look, I, as a marketing guy, I've been in tech my entire career. I've I, you know, there was a day when I I you know took Unix training. I knew. Um, some light code. I actually, you know, going back, my coding history is, you know, doing basic in junior high and creating an animated video game. My brother and I did that um, wow. back in, what was that, 81, 82. Um, so, yeah, a long time ago. Uh, but, um, yeah, the 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 ability to go, so I went and took a, a like I said, I'm saying, I, I went and took a class, a course on Power mm -hmm. Platform. And I knew a lot about the various components and did different things, but building a chatbot, building a Power App um, and automating this within my personal tenant, uh, and it's still there. In fact, I was interacting. I was trying some other experiments uh, yesterday with the uh, the bot that I built and, and uh, see how it reacted. Uh, but with all of that, I realized very quickly that, you know, following along the the guidance from this course, I was able to go and build and I was able to kind of see the logic of that. Yeah. I see, however, that you need an advanced degree to become an expert in the syntax of yeah. building these solutions. That's where, I mean, the, the, I say the, the no code to low code, it's still a pretty big step for yeah. non engineers, for non developers. Agreed. And using your example of the chatbot, you know, that you have the the knowledge base. So that you pose a question through the chatbot and it has a response. I think one of the opportunities with this uh, AI business that we're talking about today is that a lot of that those responses can either be populated or more refined. And so that, that'll be interesting yeah. as well. Well, that's one. And I, but I was thinking of even before that, of helping generate using natural language, the complexity of the syntax of mm -hmm. the solution that you're building. Like that 
it, how it could help in like in that LinkedIn post that you mentioned. Like that's essentially what he did. He bypassed that huge step yep. of complexity to create that solution. And we're seeing that in Power Automate right now within the Power Platform, where you can use natural language to describe what you want the flow to do for you. So describe the business process, describe the end result, and it can attempt to do it. Uh, may not always be uh, what you're looking for, but it gives you a starting point, and you still need to be, you know, that citizen developer or that business technologist to figure that type of stuff out. And now I know that this is coming into the development space as well. And, uh, but I, I'm in out of my league on this front, but one of the barriers to, to like real, like full adoption of, of business technologists or business users of the power platform is to know how to piece all the things together or to write an expression or to write a, an action or a, a, a set of code inside of something like power apps. I believe artificial intelligence will be applied there to add the value to further reduce that barrier. So you just yes. describe what you need it to do, like error check for a proper telephone number and country code or something like that, and it'll just happen. Or, uh, or, or at least it will call out and tell you, hey, you also need to define this piece, or this is how it handles it. So you could actually walk through, you could have a template for how the API, uh, you know, how the AI actually guides a business user through the creation of a solution. So you could have the the high level business case and each time it's calculating, it's looking at other examples, it's calling out, hey, you've not defined these inputs or these outputs. What are you expecting to see? Mm -hmm. All the things that you could do, again, in natural languages, we're sitting there as a non-developer, I'm not gonna know what kind of syntax to go and do. I'm not gonna know like, hey, I left, you know, uh, uh, I didn't close out that statement and build like that piece. Like yep. the AI would actually identify those things and fill it in. It's a little bit like Jurassic Park. It's filling in the <laughs> unknown ND, uh, you know, DNA with, uh, you know, reptile DNA, but it's kind of doing the same thing. Um, it understands what you're trying to do. And then by saying, is this what you're looking for? Looking at the results, having a, an ability with again ai driven to go back and make modifications not exactly or yes that but i need it structured in this way yep. uh, my expectation would be the data would be presented in this format or you know what what have you so there's a lot that you can do there i hope that it doesn't replace it i hope that it doesn't just pop out like this generic universal solution for everyone. I hope it gives people uh, a starting point. And within that starting point of that, that solution or that outcome, they still have the ability to update it without having to be, you know, a, an IT pro, but right. something that they can modify still using the business language. Uh, IT is good at technology. Business users are good at business processes. Bridging those gaps, you know, we have a whole industry of peoples and professions doing that type of analysis. And uh, but there, there could be a convergence here where, uh, for the simpler, straightforward tasks, uh, IT doesn't need to be involved, and the business users can be fully uh, self-enabled uh, and self-serve these types of solutions with support of of 
AI and the areas that we talked about where the natural language builds what they're looking for, AI can supplement some of the more difficult code that they have, and they can still all coexist without replacing one or the other. Um, yeah. So it is exciting days. And the most important part is that people use this technology to move higher up on the value chain of their day-to-day -day working lives. Yeah, that I, I was thinking too of, you know, with the integration with the Office Suite, or I guess the formerly known as the Office Suite, now it's mm. the M365 Suite. But if you think of Word and PowerPoint and, uh, you know, and, and the, the way that business users, all of us that use those different tools and technologies, you know, what do you see as the clipping jokes aside as kind of, you know, how this would be integrated in to the productivity suite? It's interesting. Um, so, you know, there's, people have different, uh, what's the, how's the right way to say this, uh, neurodivergencies. And uh, I struggle with uh, effectively getting out a, a sentence it's in my head, but I can't necessarily get it out onto paper or onto screen um, in a single straightforward way. And so sometimes I struggle and I'll have to read, reread. Microsoft Editor tries to give me help or if I'm using some third party browser add in, it's trying to help, but it doesn't always get me the result I want. But wouldn't it be something for people with accessibility concerns if that technology we can use to enhance that experience? So instead of me struggling with my dyslexia it can help me rewrite it in a way that it's true to my writing style my words uh, without having to sit there and re-edit the same sentence five times before it finally looks right yeah uh, you know you go into powerpoint and every time you create a new slide you pop an image on and the designer pops up and says you know christian let's add a line and some splash of paint and wouldn't it be nice if you could have something more enhanced than that? And they would say, format my slide deck for this customer in a professional manner using a certain type of TypeScript and off it goes. Well, you know, I, I thought of one very, it's a big problem with most people is where you have those text heavy slides where it can automatically go in and make suggestions on simplifying, wow. you know, a slide uh, into taking bulleted information and or it even make a suggestion like to split like create three slides from this one with each of the main points in a more condensed easier to follow along uh, uh, a statement and then maybe even suggestions for an image to go alongside that single bullet on slides what a great idea that would be and fantastic to right expand now we on have, powerpoint right now we have live. speaker coach right and so that's telling me to slow down, speed up, you know, use very much. Well, and there's the design. Uh, this is like next gen, what I'm talking about, of yeah. the design capabilities that are there today. It does that with the design aspect, but now yep. we're talking about actually making the similar suggestions for the content on the slides. Yep. Uh, creating a, a really good presentation, having an effective slide deck, that's a tough skill for everyone to learn. But if I could take something like a, a blog post that I've written and I want to present on it, throw that into some AI thing, it spits out the right number of slides with the right context to convey the right points for a fully accessible audience. Like that's huge. Yeah. 
Maybe we yeah. shouldn't share this recording and we should just talk to the product <laughs> team at PowerPoint. <laughs> I, I, I have to believe that they're thinking exactly about that. I, one of the other concerns from like a word standpoint um, is, uh, and we were talking about this before we started recording too, is about, you know, one of the fears is, is like, well, you know, can't people just go and use chat, you know, uh, GPT and um, which by the way, what is that? It stands for, I thought I just saw that it reads for those that don't know. It's the, Oh, the GPT stands for the Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, because that rolls off the tongue. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, one of the concerns is that are you know, are people just going to go and cheat and with like marketing copy and just auto-generate the stuff? Yes, yes. And uh, uh, so look, it's for the. I've seen some great examples of it creating. You know, you feed it text, ask it to generate tweets so to with the character limits and to break it up and in, in to, to do multiple tweets there have been tools that have provided that kind of help you input content and mm -hmm. it gives you suggested tweets that's been out there for a while oh, wow. um i didn't know it writing a full article that's a bit different thing like again when i was experimenting with the jasper ai mm -hmm. capability like it was creating uh nonsense content very repetitive no actual meat to what it was generically pulling up and creating. Yep. Like, so my, my experience, my, so my feeling of where it is today is that I don't think that there's any danger for writers. I think it's a good uh, a place to get started. If you find that you're struggling to rephrase something in, in a way, it can give great suggestions for that. But for the time being, at least, it's still a human with with detailed input and then heavy editing and review on the back end. It can speed up the writing process, but it doesn't replace the writer. Nope. But I, I do wonder if the education industry is paying attention to this. Yeah. Because I could really see uh, a lot of students at the different academic levels using something like this to supplement their their assignments, their work. Uh, you know, much in the same way that they were doing when Wikipedia first showed up. Yeah. And, well, you know, academics well, may not be the the quickest to get, to have the technology in place to catch that type of stuff. But in most, like, learning management systems and, and education, you submit a an assignment or an essay, it's going to check for play, plagiarism. Right. So how do you, how do you check for plagiarism from an AI-derived set of content? So, well, uh, it's going I'll to be interesting how they handle that. Well, Jasper has that built in. So I think it's a premium feature that you can pay for. And it automatically has the plagiarism checker. It has wow. references checkers. You can actually, um, that's the one that I did the, the the trial on. So again, I don't know what the chat GPT offers. I need to go and explore more on that side. Um, but the I believe it's premium features for that. But it will also generate content and provide the proper citations so you wow. can go and pull say look i want something written on this topic um so i actually input content that i wrote in my my sample and i and i tried to get it to find additional supporting content and it did and then pro provide the proper citations for that so uh, it, i mean look it's incredibly powerful is it going to be abused look if people could find something to optimize, when people know how they're measured, 
like personally how they're measured mm-hmm. in their job, they will find ways to optimize those metrics. They will do everything they can to maximize. It is human nature to do to to maximize that benefit if there's if they see that there's potential upside. Yep. Um, people will go and and leverage this. So um, do in education. I mean, there are tools out there, as you said, that can go and check on plagiarism now. Um, and those tools have to get smarter. They have to get better. Yes. It maybe there it, there needs to be something within the 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 metadata that, that's generated from this content somehow in the data stream for what's generated. You know that it was AI generated. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty complicated subject for people way smarter than you and I. Well, that's that's the whole you know the ethics and AI discussion, and I believe doesn't Microsoft still is it there's something there's there's kind of a uh, uh, to to utilize anything that they're they're doing. I don't know if it's Chat GPT does. I thought I read somewhere um, that they make you agree to kind of an ethics and AI you know statement, a click through before using the tools. Uh, but that's something that. Uh, Look, yeah, in the education sphere, maybe you need to do that in the company that you're, you are saying, hey, this is my work, that it's not created through AI. As a marketing guy, honestly, I don't care if it was generated through AI, if the content is good. Um, that's why I say if you're, if you're doing marketing content 100% through AI, you can generally pick it out. It's not. It's it's not that it's not written properly, proper you know English and structure and 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 makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, it it I don't know. Trying to find I'm a marketing guy. Trying to find the right word. It doesn't dazzle the same way. It doesn't sizzle. I do like fajitas when they sizzle, but when yes. it comes to the <laughs> picture perfect representation that some people feel they need to have on social media or other curated content like uh, like a video stream or something like that i think one of the the lessons that i've taken away from the pandemic and and everyone else is that imperfection is completely acceptable now yeah so if every ai generated piece of content is always perfect it's going to stand out because it's it doesn't have the the realism of of you and i talking Norm, that's why the first version of the Matrix failed. We know that through history. <laughs> yeah, it's because it was too perfect, and and humans rejected that perfection. Uh, no, I, I completely agree with you. That that's why I say that. I don't care from a market as a marketing standpoint. I don't care that somebody goes and creates an article. It might be a technical topic that they're training people on. That it was largely generated by AI. If it's correct, if it walks through, but what I say to authors is that, I mean, to do the technical content, there's a lot of input. There's still the human intervention on that content. You need to add your own voice and style to that, personalize it. It's original content. So I don't have a problem with that. You know, uh, in my role with Techie Gurus, I will pay for that content. It has, still has to be good. It's still going to be reviewed by an editor who may look at a bunch of like some fluffy paragraphs where it's very repetitive and may cut down your word count and you're not getting paid as much then like you have to review it. 
there has to be the, the human intervention there. It's not a, that's why I say it's, it's an augmentation, not a replacement. True. Uh, At least another, today. Another thing is like people deliver content in their own personal way. And that way is usually a reflection of how they've learned it. Yeah. And not everyone learns and comprehends in the same way. So what comes out of chat GPT might work for some, but it may not work for me. So yeah. I'll gravitate towards the people that deliver in a way that I like to learn. Well, it's interesting to see what happens here. I mean, Microsoft continuing to invest. They've made announcements here the last couple of days that they're uh, planning to integrate that in with Microsoft 365, which will be interesting to see. Oh, they outlined some areas where um, well, this is actually an article out on uh, on Reworked. If you're not familiar with Reworked, great site. Um, it's called What Chat GPT and Microsoft 365 Could Spell for the Workplace um, by David Berry. So definitely and one of the regular contributors there. Go take a look at that article. Uh, and he says, um, uh, this is, while Microsoft has not announced specific chat GPT functionality, he explained that some of the options Gartner, so this is a Gartner interview, uh, will be looking to include. So like the personal assistant, that's there's the Clippy functionality. Um, <laughs> so providing employees advice on general topics. Uh, copywriting, which is what we were just talking about. Right. So Outlook, this is where the big announcements that Microsoft has talked about is integrating that into Bing search as well. So Outlook and so just search in general across Outlook and Bing. Um, so help with retrieval and and content specific relevant content. Um, so help with notes and putting more like like uh, uh, you know post meetings. This is Microsoft mm. has talked about this for years. Yes. And getting that detailed analysis of this was what was discussed. This is what you committed. Here's a link to the notes. Here's something to go follow up on. Uh, then, of course, you know, within Word and and the other office, including generation of suggested content, specific content, um, as well as images. They don't mention that, but I did. Um, no code programming suggestions and other in-app suggestions like answers to questions based on natural language query. So those are obvious areas where it could add benefit right away. And, uh, of course, we'll all... Uh, other than Microsoft's announcement of working on Bing and Outlook integrations, um, I think in the coming months, we're going to hear a lot more about this. The future yeah. is now. It is. Well, the future, now it is the future. Yes. Well, right. now it's the past. It just yeah. happened. What you just said. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's confusing. Well, Norm... Really appreciate your time. Uh, always uh, great to have these discussions with you. And I know we'll catch up next month and we'll go and look at, well, probably a lot more on this topic will get announced and that we'll hear more about in the next 30 days. Thanks, Christian. Happy to be here. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. New episodes are published every Friday, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast services. Thanks for listening.